EWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network, and I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out and a thank you to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in and for all the support uh, that you have given to my show here uh, I also want to give a big, huge shout out and a big thank you to all of my new listeners. Thank you so much for joining in tonight. And ultimately, I want to give thanks to God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. So we are in our 18th episode of the Women in Finances series here on the Shape Your Finances show. And I have to say, uh, I've said it week after week, uh, uh, it gets better and better and better. I have thoroughly enjoyed this series, and hopefully all of you have as well. I'm so grateful, so thankful for all of my past guests and all of my future guests because we have a couple of more shows uh, that we are going to do uh, to finish out this month. And I think it will be a total of 20 shows in all uh, dedicated to this uh, series. You know, we started back in January and we're going to be ending uh, at the end of this month. So uh, thank you again for uh, the support, and I hope that you've been getting a whole lot out of the uh, series. So please stay tuned as we get ready to go in tonight's episode. Like I said, this is the 18th episode, and we have a very great guest tonight. Uh, the call-in number, if you have any questions or any comments or Uh, I know some people just like to call in just to listen. Uh, The number is 917-889-8078. Again, the number is 917-889-8078. And if you don't know, uh, you can listen to the replay of all of these shows uh, on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, and most recently added, iHeartRadio. So we are so thankful uh, that we're on all these platforms. So uh, you can listen to the shows uh, anytime, anywhere, uh, vacation, working out, or just at your job or whatever. You can always listen in on the show on your favorite platform. Now tonight, we have a very special guest. Uh, Jasmine graduated from the University of Baltimore where she earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in Digital Communications with a concentration in Public Relations. 
She is a brand coach and digital marketing strategist in Baltimore, Maryland. Her marketing and branding expertise spans over five years where she has helped brands increase awareness, boost profit, build community, and recruit leads. She is also the founder of her own strategic consulting firm, Miyoko Strategies. There she works to empower black women who are industry experts with their brand and digital presence. With a passion and expertise in digital marketing, marketing and advocacy, Jasmine works in industries where black women are striving to unlock their greatest potential. In 2016, Jasmine spearheaded and led a client's event at the White House that brought social justice, racial equality, and civil rights leaders together to discuss problems and solutions to issues that disproportionately affect people of color, issues that she cares and advocates for deeply. In the same year, she pioneered and organized the Elevation Awards, a Baltimore-based philanthropy project designed to financially support grassroots efforts to improve outcomes for city residents. And I have to say, she has a lot more added to her resume. So I'm going to go right into my intro. Let's welcome with a big hearty, hearty uh, clap, whatever you want to do, dance. Thank you so much. Let's welcome Miss Jasmine Gibson. Hello, Jasmine. How are you tonight? Hey, hey, everyone. So great to be here. Awesome to finally get a chance to connect with your audience. Yes, it's been a long time now. This like the date so like the date would never get here and it's finally here, so thank you so much for being here tonight. Well, thank you for sending the invite. We're so excited. Good, good, perfect. Well, let's get into it. Uh without any delay here. Uh I always like to ask uh this question because my show is basically not basically, my show is built around finance, but it's also built around what I call life empowerment. But I always like to hear the stories uh, of people, especially regarding uh, their money story growing up. Will you please share your story, your money story growing up with us tonight? There wasn't a money story, right? (laughs) So (laughs) money for our family was very much like a lot of black young, you know, just like black young kids, right? We don't really have a money story it's more like you see what your parents do you see that they go to work they come home the bills are paid you still have a home or you don't have a home and that was kind of our story that was my first real interaction with money and I kind of seen my dad kind of give it to me and my sister like you know whenever we needed something we had it um it was always that like my mom just worked really really hard so I never knew that there was even, like, a money struggle because all you see is, like, essentially what people see on social media or what people see when you are, like, doing really good marketing. You never see that a business is 60, 70K in debt. You never see those Mm. things. You just see the good stuff, right? And so I knew that I never wanted for anything. I knew Uh that I went to good school. I knew that there was a challenge because I was reduced down to salad for lunch when I went to good school. But outside of that, it was absolutely nothing that I really ever needed when I was, you know, a young kid. So when I got older, what I learned and which eventually became something I had to work on was that I was so achievement-driven. 
everything that I like focused on was like achievement. I wanted to do the best at this. I was competitive. I just, I had to do so much to basically just bring in as much money as I can because I wanted to live in that facade and that space of like, I never want to need for anything. I always want to have stuff. And I think that was just really awesome for me is to, you know, be in that space where I can say, I work really hard. I make a lot of money. I was making more than, like, all of my friends fresh out of high school school and then fresh out of college. So what most people were making, I was, like, well, well in advance. Like, okay, this is what you're making. I'm making double that. Wow, fantastic. So will you please send me some of that money down now? Listen, <laughs> it's different when you become a business owner, right? So, you know, as, as, as entrepreneurial journey humbled me very quickly, um, yeah. I learned that there is actually a story with your money. And for me, I started out very young knowing how to save. So my mom, she would make me, she would, she started me with like, you know, you know, one of those bank accounts. Um, and yep. I had a savings account that only she could really put the money, like I could put the money into it. So whenever family members would give uh, checks, I would take uh-huh. those checks, put those checks into the bank and I could never touch them. So imagine, and like, imagine when you're younger, you're like, wow, auntie just gave me $250 and I don't get to touch yep. it. Um, so <laughs> I, I learned that discipline early on. But, you know, as I became an entrepreneur, that's when I really learned, and a business owner, that's when I really, really learned what the money story looks like and what uh-huh. it looks like to build a business on no funding. That's wow. when it got real for me. Yeah. Well, see, that, you know, it's, it's good to have, you said a key word is discipline. Uh, sure. That is something that, especially with me being a basically a financial educator, uh, getting people or encouraging people to become disciplined with their money. Now, that's not to say that they cannot enjoy their life or enjoy uh, buying things, but if we don't have discipline, especially around money or really in life, our lives can get out of control and our finances can, can get out of control. Our businesses can get out of control. So you hit on something uh, when you said the word discipline. So Tell tell mom thank you for uh, the discipline. <laughs> yeah, look, listen now. I really I just say that you know thank you so much because that discipline is how I was able to you know grow the business or how I'm able to still live a lifestyle that is like what I dreamed of living, right? And it's something that I didn't know back then. It was because she was taking my two hundred and fifty dollars, which was really hard for me back then. And putting it into an account. And then once I got to high school, when it came time for prom and when it came time for ring dances and all of that good stuff, she took all of that money and she was like, listen, buy whatever dress you want to buy, buy whatever shoes you want to buy. And, you know, I started being like, okay, well, wait, hold on. I don't want to do, I don't want to buy, if it's my money, I don't want to use it. I don't want to do all that. Yeah. So I toned it down really quickly. My problem was very different from all the other kids, and I was completely fine without that. This was my money we touching. Hey, man, I'm with you. I always like to hold on to my money. Even to this day, I do that same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a good life, but I want... Yeah, no, discipline is one of 
those that will really like humble you and put you into a space of just making sure that you can have everything that you ever dreamed of. And I think that's what I just, you know, have been consistently learning is like, if you have the discipline, the rest of it is easy. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. Now, how did you transition into uh, your current business? Kind of tell us how you transition and what you do at your business, uh, Mioka, and what or who influenced you to start your business? Yeah, so, you know, for the starters, I have been working my entire life. I was completely obsessed with, like, politics, government, at, you know, advocating for black and brown bodies and then making sure that millennials knew the, you know, importance of voting Oh, and it just got very tired and once the administration changed. So mm-hmm. I really think for me, I was just so focused. And once the administration changed, I realized how toxic that work was on my body. And that's not to say that some other people don't have a longer threshold and what they can handle. But I decided to say to myself, instead of working on campaigns, instead of helping build these mastermind people, I wanted something that was more impactful, and that's a full millennial right there, right? Like, I wanted value in my work. And so mm-hmm. I decided, like, besides the voting side, what else do I want to do? What else, who else do I want to impact? And as I was going through, I actually had um, a coach, and she was telling me, she was like, you know, all you talk about is black women. Like, that's all you're constantly advocating for. When you're working on these campaigns, the first person that you advocate for is black women, and you're good at marketing. Why don't you try your hand at transitioning out of political communications and advocacy marketing over to doing marketing for black women businesses? I was like, I mean, okay, right? Like, it's a huge market. And then I started looking at the competition, and I at first I started as, like, a freelancer. At least that's what I wanted to do. Really, that wasn't what God had in his plans because I started as a freelancer and it never worked. And I started getting frustrated. I started doubting myself. I'm like, wow, I built, I worked with some of the best politicians and here it is. Like, (laughs) my sister won't even hire me, you know? Like, so I had to look at it that way. And when I, when I set myself down, I think God really was telling me to build this as a business, not as like it wasn't a freelance gig. It wasn't about me anymore. It was about impact. Like you prayed for impact. This is impact. And so mm-hmm. when we created Miyoko Strategies, I say me because now we have a team of four. So we started the business in May of 2018, and now we have a team of four. So we said to ourselves, like, listen, after I got to feel like, okay, this is our target. I want to help black women. I want to make impact. I pulled the team together and said, like, how can I do this? And how can you help me do this? Because I know I can't do this by myself. And the lifestyle that I dream for myself is no longer about working so much, right? Like my childhood, I had been working since I was, what, maybe 12. I think I started working when I was 12. So. Uh-huh. Working from 12 and working, like, when all the kids, high school kids were, like, you know, going after school and having fun, I was going to work. When all of my college friends were hanging out and doing whatever they were doing, I was working. So I had never really seen, like, a lifestyle that I wanted to see. I had only seen achievement, working, and growing. And so I finally took that moment for myself to create a business for people that look like me, for women that I, I care about, 
And then I went deep and said, like, okay, on the surface level, we're creating Yoko strategies because I love these women. I'm good at marketing, and we can do something together. But then I started to look at the competitive advantage that we had over other marketing teams. I'll tell you this one thing. We've done so much research over the last year of, like, what our competitors are doing, and not so that we could steal things and not so that we would – we just look to see what are they doing. Every marketing team that has been an award-winning marketing team has two people that are black on their team. Out of the Mm. entire staff team, they had two people that were black. One of the people, one of those people, is a receptionist, and the Mm. other is probably someone that's doing some account digital like management. It never fails. So what I decided was, okay, this is real. Like this, do you know how many women I know in my personal network that have mentored me through marketing and communication? Endless. It's incredible. Mm. I like I have one colleague. She worked on Hillary Clinton. She worked with Color Prom. You know, like I have phenomenal black women that are on, like that. You know, that are on the track of marketing, communications, public relations. But none of them are on these award-winning teams. How is that the case? So I said to myself, like, okay, we're going to do a FUBU thing then. It's going to be our competitive advantage. It's not going to be that we're a better marketing team, although I do think we are. You know, it's not going to be that we communicate better. It's not going to be that we're the cheapest. Our competitive advantage is just going to be that we are a black woman team helping other Mm -hmm. black women which is something you don't see. I have found another black woman marketing team besides, like, one of our direct competitors. And do you know what, like, that direct competitor and I do? We share leads. Wow. We share leads and we work together. Very. I I have to commend you. that's, That's awesome. That's absolutely yeah, awesome. It was, it was, yeah, I mean, like, you know, essentially when, when I made the leap, it's, it's definitely not an easy decision, too, because the reality is that for every black woman-owned business, the sales, for the most part, are looking at about 47000 a year in revenue. So it's not like the richest decision, right? Like, it's not like we made this awesome decision to pick up all NFL contracts. Um, right. It was a very strategic decision, but it, for me, was fueled by impact. It wasn't fueled with the money. All of that stuff comes. But what I've learned is that working with these women, we clearly see our competitive advantage as being for us, by us, and we're making an impact in the space. And it's not that, you know, sometimes I feel that people say, like, we get a lot of hate mail, right, of, like, why are you only doing this for black women? Why aren't you doing this for black men? Why aren't you doing this for white people? Like, I mean, I don't know. We get all this hate mail. And you can't, right. you have to, like, tone it out or it will drain you. And I'm used to negativity because I was in politics. But I've learned to drain it out. And now that I've drained it out, I have to remind people, it's not that we are only for us by us. It's not that we're just looking to help black women. There's actually a need for our business. Our business is a need-based business. The Small Business Administration said that there are two numbers, there are two needs that black women, well, small businesses in general have. 
Number one, capital and funding. Number two, marketing. We're not here as a joke. We're here because we're a need-based business. Our competitive advantage just happens to be that we're for us and by us. And it works really well for our clients because we have the stories of people that come to us and say, hey, Des, you know, I really like the work that you're doing. I wanted to work with you. Um, I've been burnt already by this this award-winning team. They've taken a lot of my money, right, a white-dominant team right. that has no idea how to connect with their black woman audience. Well, so I, 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 we just stand out. And I think that's a you you hit on something. I mean, you hit on a need, uh, and uh, that should have been happening all along. First of all, Uh, but I I see it as a you're balancing out the industry. Uh, I call it equaling the playing field or the playing ground. And when you know, yeah, yeah. So that's to me that's a positive. So absolutely, if anybody can't can't see that, that, that is definitely a positive there. So, so that's fantastic model. I, I love, I love uh, hearing that, and thank you for sharing that. Now, now tell me, because you're in, you're into branding and all. Can, I got a question for you. Why is uh, branding important in today's time? Why is that so important now, be it personally or professionally? Yeah. So professionally, I mean, naturally, as a as a person, we all have our professional brands, right? How, especially with like black women, how you wear your hair, how you show up each day, all of this is being like, you know, this is all a part of your branding. So it's called a brand experience. You want everyone to in, that interacts with you to, you know, leave from you and produce some type of like wow moment. Like you should always hit someone with an aha moment because they should leave every time they talk to you, your staff read your resume, whatever it is, they should leave with the aha, a wow factor because you are giving so much value, so much impact to them. Branding is important because so many people forget to tell the story. They just, oh, they're just selling and selling and selling. Well, selling without a brand isn't going to work too well because after that one-off interaction, you're going to find yourself wanting to retain clients and kind, you know, kind of draw into a loyal client base and draw something up there. And it's not going to work because these people are going to say, well, oh, I just purchased for this. I didn't purchase for that reason. I'm just, you know, you sold to me, you actually captivated somebody and they purchased. The brand is the feeling. When people interact with Miyoko strategies, they should always feel empowered. They should feel that black women are not, they should feel that black women aren't competing, but that they're collaborating, right? Whatever the world is saying about black women, when you get to our business, the brand should say like, "Uh uh-uh, we don't do that here. We don't subscribe to those stereotypes. We don't subscribe to those notions. We're bigger than that. We're better than that. And we have much more of an impact together than what someone else is saying about us. So when you think about branding, professionally and personally, everyone's interaction around you and the work that you're doing or around your business and the work that you guys are doing, all of that has to be essentially very memorable. You have to have some type of wow, some type of woo, some type of aha feeling for people. 
Are you making them feel warm and fuzzy? For your platform, you're making them educated and experiences and during the series, they're learning other women. It has to be something that brings people in and gives them the wow and the impact. Without that, you're just selling. And selling only works for, for so long, right? Even thinking about car salesmen, they sell. But you go back to someone that you said, like, wow, they really took care of me. That's the wow. That's the aha. So when you think about your brand, even if you're applying for a job, you know, I speak from a business owner standpoint, so a lot of times I just naturally gravitate to those people. But when you're applying to a job, are you wowing someone in the interview? Are you giving value in the interview? Are you sharing who you are as a person and what you can bring to the table? Are you giving a feeling? Every time I've, like, gone to a awesome interview or something like that, they always even say, it's something about you. It's something, it's something that we really like. That's a brand experience. That means that the personal and the professional brand is for that good looks like. So really Fantastic. be mindful about what your personal wow is and how can you wow people. Are you funny? Are you constantly sharing tips and tricks? You know, are you a dog walker? And if you are the dog walker, what makes you better than someone else? That's how you'll bring that feeling to people and give their aura to make them, you know, drawn into you, listen to you, pay attention, or purchase. Wow. So I put it like this. So it's 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 great to be. Uh, I call it. Uh, what? How can I call it? it? It's good to be up on how to keep things fresh with people. So it's it's great to understand the industry that you're in. Make sure you're up to date on the latest and the greatest, so you can be uh, long lasting or memorable. I I have to say that. You you shared something even with me just then. I think back when I bought my first uh, when I got married, my wife and I and we uh, uh, we got our first kid and we wanted to get a bigger car. So we went to the dealership and this one gentleman I remember the guy's name right now. His name is Brett. Brett did an excellent job to the point to where not only did I buy my wife a new car, I got. I got a new truck, and I referred at least two to three people to him, all because of that memorable moment or that aha that I got from just he he went well beyond than just a salesperson. He actually became almost like family because he knew my kid, and then we had another child. He knew that kid, and I knew his twins. So a great relationship. So I, I love how you explain. Uh, why having a good brand is is important. So, thank you. See, I'm picking up great nuggets of information right now. So, uh, so, so let's let's continue on with this. I, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to go to a break. If you don't mind, Jasmine, I want to continue uh, along this line. Okay, now, now, yeah. All right. Now, now share with us tonight, because I'm quite sure that you've ran into some roadblocks. You've ran into some challenges. Uh, along your journey, especially as a professional, as a millennial, as a as a uh, black professional woman, uh, share with us uh, maybe one or two issues that you faced along your journey, or even continue to face along your journey as a uh, business owner. Uh, 
to say this, right? I always say, I have to say this, but it has to be said. Uh-huh. I am young. Now, I identify as an old soul. All my friends, they'll tell you they call me grandma. It's probably because I started out in politics, right? They just call me grandma. I'm old, but I'm really, I'm really a younger person. I'm definitely a millennial, and I'm I just hit 25 this year, so we are really young on this side. But I don't really see it that way because I've had so much experience in jobs and opportunities, accomplishments, like things that you don't necessarily realize until you have to take a step back to qualify yourself as a business owner. And so Mm -hmm. for me, one of the things that bothers me so much is when older folks ignore the advice of a younger person because the person is younger than them. The beauty in collaboration is that you bring diverse viewpoints to get to an outcome that makes sense. What never works is a team of like-minded individuals working for something. And it's evident in every marketing campaign that has failed or hit cancel culture, right? So anything that you hear where you're like, oh, Lord, we're canceling them, we don't want them, we don't, all of that stuff that, like, people say, that is a direct response of people saying, oh, well, this is a good idea, and no one's there to check them or challenge their thoughts. If we always went with what one person said, or if we always went with someone that had wisdom that was older or an elder said, we would find ourselves in a lot of traditions, stereotypes that have no place. Sometimes I think, you know, we try to keep, like, these traditions going, and they're traditions that hold someone else down. So it's mindful for all of us just to be open and knowing that diversity includes age. It includes gender. Diversity isn't just a black and white issue or a race issue in general. It's diversity includes all of it. And so when older folks would essentially push me down, I've been in jobs where, I mean, you read the, the, the bio, so you know that I've done an event at the White House. I've had events where people would try and pay me less than my counterpart, and I'm like, wow, did did you see my resume, right? And it's not even a brag. It's like, right. why would you Why would you think this would be comfortable? And what gets me is they'll say things like, oh, well, you don't have kids, or you don't have a husband, or you don't have oh. this. So we don't think that you need this type of income. And I'm sorry, well, I didn't think you needed this type of experience on your team. I didn't think you needed my expertise then, right? You and yeah. this is something that I realize older older people, especially in black culture, I really want them to know that you can advocate for your work. Absolutely. Sometimes I've seen people, oh, I'm not gonna push the envelope, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do that. I've even watched my mom take a pay cut at a job that she was at for twenty years. Absolutely not. 
20 years is a degree. <laughs> yes, you're right. And your system, <laughs> right? So even that and trying to, I mean, you know, I was so frustrated with my mom because I was trying to convince her to go up. And she's like, no, very fearful, not willing. And it all comes from a system and tradition that has placed us in that space for a reason. If it weren't for the people like myself and others who just come into the room and challenge, Paula Perry said this first, I want to be there. I want to be the woman that's helping other people cross, right? Like, I want you to know that you can make, when I left Father College, I was making 65K off the top. Okay, so my friends weren't, and we were liberal arts kids, so let's just throw that out there. So I was 65K. Right, you know we don't make more than twenty three thousand. All right, so I'm making sixty five k. I'm living lavishly. You would have thought it was all over for me. I might have well been a millionaire, and uh-huh. I was living my best life. But I learned in those moments that really people wouldn't even advocate. I had college friends who would be like, "Yeah, I'm working at this job, making ten and twelve dollars an hour," and I would say, "Like, well, did you ask?" Did you ask me, like, maybe they could throw in, like, a stipend for your gas? Did you, eat, like, wow. why aren't you advocating for yourself? And it's genuinely, like, genuinely a concern of, like, I'm afraid, I'm scared, and someone taught me. Hmm. Wow. It so you, you, you me crazy, the pay gap between, like, older, younger, and then also just, I can't even get into the gender gap. That one just gets me every single time. Oh, yeah. And and I have to say, in today's time, I'm so glad that a lot of these things are being brought out. It should have been brought out some years ago. It should have been dealt with uh, some years ago. And, you know, thank you for what you're doing, and as well as many others, to bring this to the, to the, to the front, to the surface, uh, with corporate America, with businesses, and with I call sometime, and excuse the expression for my older generation that are out there, some of the old heads that things, uh, (laughs) you know, I have faced that, you know, um, along my journey. And I I know for myself, I know what I'm worth. I know the value that I bring to any organization. And I've always looked at diversity, uh, what it brings. I mean, it brings uh, a lot more uh, than non-diverse type of settings. When you can bring people in from different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences, you got a wealth of knowledge. You got things that you would never get if you just stay with just one particular group. So uh, I am big when it comes to uh, diversity. I mean, I grew up in Alabama and, um, I, I'm I'm not old. I'm I am uh, I'm a good blessed young 49 year old, and uh, I didn't face some of the issues that my mother and my father faced. But uh, racism was there, prejudice, uh, biases, and when I moved down to Florida, uh, my whole world opened up, and I saw uh, other people outside of myself. But at the same time. I maintain my strength of what I can bring to anyone's table. So I I applaud what you're doing through your company and what you're doing to uh, represent and to help uh, other women, other black professionals. Uh, And to me, just people in general, 
because uh, all of us need this in some form or fashion. So I really appreciate what you're doing uh, through uh, through uh, through your company, and then just as a personal. So I mean, on a personal note, so I want to give you a huge shout out with that. Thank you so much. Now we're coming up. Yeah, you're welcome. Now, we're coming up to our downtime. Unfortunately, of course, I have some other questions to ask, but I'm going to have to uh, come to a, a little close here. You know, I, 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 it looks like I may have to just have you to come back on the show, Jasmine, because um, I do oh, have some other questions so that I... Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a great conversation. I'm learning so much myself, you know, just being a business person, but then just personally, uh, I'm always open uh, to hear people. And as I've often said on my show plenty of time, I am taking notes, even as you're talking. I mean, I'm here with my computer, typing in red, all the comments and every little piece, every little negative information that is beneficial to me. So, so I'm, I'm actually uh, uh, doing that. So, but as we as we're coming down to uh, a close here, uh, right before I want you to give you your contact information, I got if you could answer one other quick question here. Can you yes, give, sir. yeah? Can you give at least uh, one or two pieces of advice for all of our women out there, be it professionally or personally? What advice can you give us? Yes. Like two two pieces. Number one. Never let anyone else tell you your value. That's definitely number one. Someone else can't put a price tag on your value. There is not a man that can put a price tag on your value. You determine your value. So that's number one. Then number two, not just for women, and, you know, this one is going to go all over. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure that whatever you're doing has impact. And a good impact, a positive impact. Make one thing that you're doing each day be something for the greater good. Because we have enough going on in our country, in our society, in our communities, in our families that will hold us in bondage. Fight against that every single day, and you'll make a difference without ever noticing how much of a difference you're making. Perfect. Thank you for that. Now, as we get ready to close, uh, would you share with our listening audience, because uh, some may want to contact you, uh, if you can give your website, any other contact information, or any other information you deem necessary for us tonight? Absolutely. So I am on every social media. I'm a full millennial, guys. So I am on every social media network known to man at <laughs> J A S. So that's Strategist, J-A-S. You can contact our business if ever you are a black woman in need of marketing and you know that it's time for you to get your brand development in place and all of that good stuff. Visit our website at www.miocoa.com. That's www.miocoa.com. And we are always there 24-7 to get you ready to build your business and collaborate any type of community that we can. We are all for it. Perfect, perfect. Jasmine, it's been an absolute delight, pleasure uh, to have you here on the show tonight. Thank you so much for uh, being a guest here tonight. 
Thank you so much. This is so awesome hanging with you guys. Good, good. Thank you. And and like I said, we must do it again. I am so down for that. We can do this often. (laughs) Okay, perfect, 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 perfect. We're going to definitely plan it too, for sure. Okay. Well, uh, that's a wrap, everyone. I want to thank you all for joining in tonight and um, uh, tuning in to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, you can hear all of the replays or hear all of the past episodes of the show. You can visit my website at shipmanconsulting.com. Click on the microphone. I have a page dedicated to the show. And uh, you can also listen to all the shows, all the past episodes on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and recently added iHeartRadio. Now, if you just want to touch bases with me, like I said, you can visit my website at shipmentconsulting.com. And if you have not connected with me on social media, you can catch me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now, before I go, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. Now, wait before we go out. You know I love to go out with a little bit of smooth jazz music. Let's hear some music by Mr. Gerald Albright. We'll talk to everyone later. Take care, everyone. <laughs>